The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, it's just over 24 hours until the Leaving Cert results are released for tens of thousands of students in the class of 2023. Results are going to be available from 10am tomorrow with the long-awaited first-round CAO offers then coming out next Wednesday. Uh, joining me to discuss the results and what students need to know is Brian Mooney, Guidance Counsellor and Irish Times Education Correspondent. And Brian, thanks to COVID, the days of queuing outside the principal's office are gone and they're not coming back. Absolutely, yeah. The students will be... 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, sitting at home, looking at their PC, going onto the portal and up will pop their Leaving Cert results for 2023. They may go into schools. Some schools are saying, look, if you, you know, there are issues thrown up by your results, come on in, we can see it. But it's not the same. No, not no. the same as standing outside with sweating palms <laughs> no, and nerves not, and no, butterflies. And possibly all heading off to a local hostel afterwards at 10 o'clock in the morning. But anyway. So the big dates then, obviously tomorrow at 10 for the getting of the results and then next Wednesday yeah. for CAO yeah, at first two, round at offers. Two, at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, yeah. And thereafter, how long do they have to accept offers before the, the we following get week, third? Monday, I think it's Monday, the following week, the, you know, the five or six days to accept or to ask for a deferment. But, you know, at the end of that, that offer lapses, etc. And that'll be, you know... It's a stressful time for students. Um, I think the biggest issue this year is going to be people who get their course and then go and try and find accommodation. And, you know, um, I really think that's going to be, it's going to be a bigger, bigger problem. Um, it's just not there, you know, and if students are commuting for hours on end, it's, it's really tough. Talk to me about the conversion of points into places because one of the concerns that was expressed throughout COVID was the gradual increase in points and points inflation. It'll have to take a fairly significant leap back to go back to where it was pre-COVID. No, I mean, to go back to 2019 levels, I I expect that we were at about 15 to 20% if you look exclusively at higher papers, say grades one to three. I mean, the State Exams Commission will give us figures as to what the increase in grades over COVID was, taking all papers at all levels, including foundation, blah, blah, blah. And they will average out at relatively known numbers, around 7%. But if you look at the actual increase in grades, specifically at higher level from, say, a H5 upwards or even from a H3 upwards, I reckon the increase was in the region of 15 to 20% um, over those three to four years. Um, they've been, they were maintained there in twenty, which is a huge difference in the result that you get handed in your paper. Well, if you think about it, the numbers getting six to five points nationally were about what about two or three hundred, and they, they've gone to about twelve hundred, thirteen hundred people, and the number getting over six hundred points used to be around twelve hundred in total, and I think that's gone to around three and a half thousand. So that's where it's affected. So it's like you know, it's like you know, one of the it's like a ping pong ball in water, you know, going up and up and up. If you get to the top, there's nowhere to go. So you have all of these students clustering at the top. So how do you differentiate between the bright and the really bright when you're looking for places in really high point courses? So does that mean that at that upper level, when yeah. they are inflated up to that degree, there are simply not enough places for the cohort who now have maximum or nigh on In maximum the last points. two or three years, we've had four or five courses where we've had people on 625 points who did not get a place, where we went to random selection. Imagine getting six H1s, including maths, and saying, sorry, you didn't get enough. You couldn't get another point. But effectively, you were at random selection. Now, it's only a handful of courses. But, I mean, to tell somebody that, you know, you're not going to get a place, even though you're over 600, you know, is... 
pretty daft. Can that be solved with the additional places that are being brought online? That's, I think, what Minister Harris, in a sense, his initiatives over the last two years, he created two or 3,000 places which were for one-off, in other words, for the cycle that student going through in 2020 and 2021. Last year, he created over a 1,000 places in areas like technology, engineering, etc., This year, he's created around 650, 700 places. About 450 of those are in the CAO, but there's a really interesting development. Obviously, because of the cutback in Northern Ireland funding from London, there's been real cutbacks in some of their education budgets. And we've actually stepped in and said, we'll fund that, but we'll be sending you Irish students to actually take those places. So we've bought about 250 places in Northern Ireland. So Republic of Ireland students will be studying in Northern in, in, in Ireland, Ireland in Queens with Irish money. Yeah. Now, the mechanism, I'm trying to clarify exactly how students get to those places, but effectively what we've done is we, we've met these budget deficits in their budgets in Northern Ireland on the basis that they will take our students to fill the places. Very clever. what of those students, though, who find themselves in the position that you described, where they've gotten maximum points and by random selection you don't get there? Because the Leaving Cert is is often criticised for the brutality and and the the sort of raw capitalist nature of it. It's brutal enough on its own. It's brutal and it's it's horrendous to discover that you can have come out top of the pile and still be told, tough luck, no room at the end. Well, that is the negative effect of great inflation. And the great inflation, you know... How do we get great inflation out of the system? It's really, really difficult, Anton, because if you think about it, every single year, about 60,000 students get the, to take the Leaving Cert and get the results tomorrow. About thirty-five to 36,000 of that group will get CAO places next Wednesday. But 12,000 students who get places next Wednesday will be people who did the Leaving Cert last year and the year before who are applying this year. With their high points, if you bring down this year's results, every point that you bring this year's down disadvantages this year's students in terms of the competition for high point places. So if I sat it last year, you sit it this year, you get hacked back by 15%, I get the place that you would otherwise have got. Exactly. So therefore, well, we can't do that this year, which is what happened last year. But if we don't do it this year and, you know, it's going to be a tough call. But so it is effectively the same as economic inflation. You have to get your arms around it, but you have to do it slowly enough that you yeah. don't cause unexpected consequences. Exactly. But how slow is slow? Because, I mean, you know, I mean, there's a piece in the paper this morning in the Times suggesting that it might be a very slight decrease this year. So if we leave the grades pretty much where they were last year, we're going to end up with the same high points other than, than where Minister Harris has created additional places um, which may actually take it down, you know, by that proportion. If you've got, I mean, there are extra places coming, nursing, extra places. He's put 120 extra places in medicine in over the last two years, 60 last year, 60 this year. Those additional places will and should have a material effect on the points requirements for entry into medicine. You know, nursing places, those places he is putting in should bring down the points for nursing. And as I say, these places, some of which will be nursing in Northern Ireland, will actually give students an opportunity to study. To the issue of the brutality of the Leaving Cert, during COVID, obviously, there was the shift around to calculated grades and all of that kind of lark. Is the legacy of that any lasting change? And is the discussion around significant change to the harshness of the Leaving Cert, is it still a current concern for those in charge or are we just resetting to the previous status quo? There is a discussion around the Leaving Cert which suggests that the Leaving Cert is a very brutal exam and it's all about memory and it's all about an exam in June. That, in fact, is no longer the case because, effectively, if you look at every time they have revised a curriculum 
and they've updated the curriculum or they've brought on a new curriculum, you will find that there's 20% component for a project. Or in PE, there's up to 50% of the, compo- of the marks are for pre-exam. Or in Irish, where 40% of the mark is for the oral. So what they're actually doing subject by subject as they actually upgrade any curriculum is to actually bring in a continuous assessment. Now, the unions are very clear they don't want to be the one correcting this continuous assessment work. Fine, let it go out, be corrected by somebody else. But we're, we're still discussing something on the basis that we're still back in an era in which everybody goes in in June and it's all there. It's on one that, shot, one, one go. Shot. It's not. It's been changing every time they've changed the subject. But the debate is going on as to whether the Leaving Cert as an exam is pretty much still a memory exam and whether the skills that the students need, and Paul Crum was writing about this in the Times again yesterday, you know, whether the skills that we need in society and for students is more in terms of your ability to analyse and, you know, kind of process information as opposed to remember information. You said earlier on that what you thought might be one of the biggest concerns in terms of place uptake is accommodation rather than availability of places in the courses. Where are we at in relation to college place uh, accommodation uh, or college accommodation and how significant uh, do you think the problem will be next week, week after? Well, basically, I think it's a third, a third, a third. A third of students are living at home. They are capable of going to college, no problem. A third of students are in getting accommodation that is provided by the colleges themselves or in these really top-of-the-market places that have been built exclusively for possibly international students or students with a lot of money where they have gyms, they have, you know, everything. A third of students are looking for places and it's those third that are getting absolutely screwed because effectively... The accommodation market is broken. We're talking about a, a market in which Airbnb has taken a huge amount out. We're accousing our Ukrainian colleagues and they are taking accommodation. And effectively, the students who are already in accommodation who are coming back, they possibly have already sorted. So you've got incoming first-year students trying to find accommodation in this situation. And I visualise we're going to have a lot of students who will get their offers next Wednesday. They will go out and they will find by Thursday or Friday they cannot find anywhere to live. And last year we had students living in cars, we had students travelling from, you know, Sligo to Dublin every morning. And that's not college life because college life, Anton, you know, is about integrating. It's about going to clubs, going to societies. It's not about arriving exhausted to a lecture and taking off 10 minutes later. Brian, thank you. Brian Mooney, Guidance Counselor and Irish Times Education Correspondent. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.